All right. Happy Pride Week, everybody. Pride Weekend. I heard our announcer, Mo, was talking, telling everybody happy Pride. Everybody happy? Everybody happy in here? Smile. Show me your teeth. Yes, we all. That means happiness. Anyway, let's get into this word. Where's Carlos? Elder, come on. Tell him, read God. I want, I want to deal with, this is pride. You know, I've been doing this series on team building, but I dismissed the team building sermon uh, until next week because I really wanted to talk about pride. I think this is a very important subject that needs to be addressed to us, period, as people, period. Doesn't have to be LGBTQ, just people need to understand the value of being proud of who you are. Amen. So I'm going to, I'm going to go down, read all the way down to, we're going to go all the way down to verse 14, but I want you to start from verse number one. Elder. Yes, sir. Read. Yes, sir. You have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. Yes. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. Yes. You hem me in behind and before, and you lay your hand upon me. Ah, Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, <laughs> too lofty for me to attain. Where can I go from Yay! your spirit? Where can I go? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. And if I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, and if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me, and the light become night around me, even the darkness will not look, will not be dark to you. The night will shine night like the day, but darkness shine. is as light to you. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. Here it is, here it is. Right there, right there. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Raise your hand and thank God. I am what? I am fearfully and wonderfully. I'm not a mistake. I'm just what God wants me to be. I'm just who God designed me to be. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. And he says, and I will do what? I will praise you. I'll lift you up. I'll bless your name. I'll praise you because of who I am. Because I'm made perfect. I've been pigeon-toed all my life, but it's perfect. They used to talk about, look at him with them pigeon-toed feet. I'm perfectly made. Come on, somebody. There's nothing about you that's not perfect in the sight of God. Folks may criticize you, but in the sight of God, 
That's what really matters. Come on, somebody. What really matters is how God sees us. And the scripture says that I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Now, you do know that as African-American people, we have been beat down all of our lives. And it didn't just start when you were born. It started in the middle passage. It started when we were taken from our native land and put on slave ships and chained in the bottom of those ships. Beat us down to make us slaves. Beat us down. Dehumanized us. All of that. It's no wonder we struggle. Because we were taught to hate who we are. I said taught to hate us. And for many of us, we still hate each other. You realize the psychology of what they did to us has messed us up for hundreds of years. Traumatized. And this was not the verse they lifted. They lifted scriptures about being slaves. Come on. But they didn't lift this scripture about you are fearfully and wonderfully made. You know why? Because that would have gave us a sense of pride and dignity. And they did not want us to have pride and dignity and self-respect. We were stripped of that. And it's taken us years. And then for those of us who are same gender loving, we got beat down even more. We got beat down from family, community, and church. So we, you know, they try to deal with the AIDS crisis. And all. I remember years ago, I was on a panel discussion at Morehouse School of Religion, and they were talking about how to deal with HIV. I said, you will never effectively deal with HIV until you stop shaming and dehumanizing and putting people down and they looked at me like I was crazy now we're trying to come around to understand that shaming does not help this issue we need to understand and know beyond a shadow of a doubt that we are fearfully and wonderfully made so the sermon title today go the sermon title today is no shade no shame just pride no shade, no shame, just pride. No shade, no shame, just pride. How many of y'all know some shady people? Put up my other slide, put up that other slide. How many of y'all know some shady people? Shady booze, shady folk. So I looked up, I said, well, I wonder what real the meaning of shadiness. What does it mean to be a shady person? <laughs> uh, if you call someone shady, it means you find them untrustworthy, suspicious, of questionable intent in their actions. You probably don't have, you know, we don't really have verifiable evidence. You probably don't have verifiable evidence of wrongdoing on their part, but you suspect. <laughs> you know, another word from the Bible is you discern. You suspect 
that there is something shady. Y'all change? No, I, 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 I sent you the thing. It was goings on. Y'all took that off because if I meant that grammar, I put goings. I'm, a, I'm no grammar, but I want goings because shady people don't just stop at one thing. Usually when they're shady, they're shady all the way around. <laughs> and you know, shady people will throw shade and don't think they... <laughs> all right, you suspect they're going on in their life. Uh, but uh, you suspect some of the, they're questionable, illegal. You know, you know, shady people. A lot of shady stuff going on this weekend in Atlanta. Mm. A lot of stunting. There's some hotel rooms being rented that folk ain't paid for. There's some credit cards being used that they didn't. Don't get quiet if you ain't guilty. Don't get quiet. Say amen. You, you know there's some stunners in Atlanta this weekend who are shady and doing some illegal stuff. They got here illegal. They're going to leave illegal. They're going to work here illegal. Come on, some. Thank God I'm not shady. I might throw a little shade, but I ain't shady. <laughs> I'll tell the truth. Amen, I. I throw a little shade on Sunday morning every now and then, a little shit. I don't be playing no harm, uh, uh, Roderick. Just, is that shade if I call your name? Is that shade? That ain't shade, is it? Oh, he the shady one. Oh, he the shady <laughs> He's not shady. He just throws shade every now and then. Yes, because sometimes sometime Roger after church, you know, he'll come up to me, hey, Denise, that's shady. He'll call my husband, Miss Lead. Hey, Miss Lead, that's shady. <laughs> a lot of shade, amen. But I love Roderick. He's, he, I love him. Don't you love Roderick? Come on, clap your hands if you love him. We love you. No shade. This is just me. Amen. No shade. No shame. All right, go to shame. I, I really want to. I really want to home in on this one. No shame. No shame. No shame. Listen, shame is not a good thing. Shame is painful. Most of us interpret pain based upon how it physically makes us feel. But do you not know that you can have painfulness? as a result of your mental capacities, there can be pain in your head because shame is painful. This is the definition. Shame is a painful feeling of humiliation and distress. It is it, one of the worst things you can do to children is shame them. And then you wonder why some of their behaviors is the way they are is because they have been shamed. Many of us are still living with the shame of our past. 
and really have not gotten over it. I, I remember some extremely shaming language when I was growing up. And the people didn't recognize they were inducing pain in my life. It came from family and friends and church where we used shaming language. And instead of the church experience being that of uplifting, you left with pain. Do you know how many people in the body of Christ in the church leave church with pain? And the sad part of it is when you don't recognize it, pain will find a way to resurface in your life in a way that's against how you live. Being shamed could lead into alcoholism. Being shamed can lead into addiction. Being shamed can lead into terrible behaviors, people. You don't know. You shame your child and they turn out on drugs and you mad and upset because they're on drugs. You better stop and think, what did I do? What did I contribute to that? And a lot of times it comes because you shamed them and you didn't understand what you were doing. You do significant damage. Here's shame. It causes a painful and humiliating. Shame informs. This, here's the thing. Let's get to it. Shame informs us of an internal state of inadequacy. That's why we have to have pride. Because so many of us have felt inadequate. Because of who we are and because of who we love. Because of our sexual proclivities. We have been shamed. And that shame is humiliating. And we feel, how many of us have felt all of this inadequate, unworthy, dishonored, regret? And here's the big one, disconnect. You know why we have houses and families in the gay community? Because of disconnect. You know how many same gender loving people have connected to other things that were unhealthy because they had to disconnect from what should have been healthy only to disconnect themselves to that which is unhealthy. Being manip young, how many young people have been manipulated by older people in houses to take their money and to use them and put them out for sex. I'm talking to somebody in here. The houses are good, but sometimes those houses turned out people. They got turned out. Because they felt disconnected to their families of origin. Shame is a clear signal that our positive feelings have been interrupted and disrupted. You're feeling good about yourself till somebody shames you. That interrupts it. You can feel good about yourself. I mean, feel you can get dressed up, feel good about what you got on, and then somebody who can't value you will have something to say negative. And that will disrupt your feelings. Don't, 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 don't play with me. It will disrupt your feelings. It will interrupt how you feel positive about yourself. 
because of somebody else's inadequacy who feels like they got to bring you down to feel inadequate like they feel inadequate. And then we got a whole community of inadequate feeling people who talk about one another, who become crabs in the bucket, always pulling each other down, all because we felt inadequate because somebody shamed us, and so we got to shame somebody else. And it's hurtful, and it's painful. And we need to stop it in tabernacle. Now, it's one thing to just joke around with people. Fred and I, Fred, we went out to dinner. He joined us for dinner last week. We had Papa Cito's and Fred was joking. Now, it was in all of him, but it was funny because Fred said, Bishop, I'll be walking around the house like you. I didn't feel no shame. It was in humor. But when you put somebody down, based upon your meanness. That's a whole different story. And we know the difference between humor and just being mean. Shame is a clear signal that our positive feelings have been interrupted and disrupted. The difference, because people don't understand the difference between shame and guilt. The difference between shame and guilt is shame says, shame is, I am bad. That means my whole person, that's, I've internalized it. My whole body, my mind said, everything about me is bad. But guilt said what I did. <laughs> There's a difference. If you internalize your whole self as a bad person, that's a painful way to live. But if you can recognize that I just simply made a mistake and the guilt comes from something that I did, that's a whole different story. But if you're walking around with your whole summation of who you are as a bad person, that becomes a defeated lifestyle. You live defeated. You walk defeated. You walk with your head down. You live down. You act down. Everything is down because you've internalized yourself as a bad person. Let me wrap this up because some of y'all trying to get to the park. You got your, was that shade? I told you, I throw a little shade every now and then. So we, here's what pride, pride, and this is important, you know, because the reason I have to talk about this is because there is this kind of, uh, how can I say it? There is this, there's nothing in the scripture that teaches us that pride is okay. How many of you grew up understanding your parents said, I would say pride come before fall. So you're internally thinking, I better stay away from pride. And pride is not good. Because we've been taught not to be proud. But a whole lot of other races are proud of who they are. Italians are proud. Jews are proud. The French are proud. But us Negro, 
Us black folk who've been in church, we've been taught not to what? Be proud and not to have pride. Well, I'm here to tell you today. There's a good side to pride. And you need to attach yourself to the good side of pride and not the negative side of pride. Pride means having a feeling of being good. Put your hand on your chest and say, I'm a good person. I'm good. And you need to wake up every day saying, I'm good. You got to learn how to counter that negative stuff in your head. That you've heard. Do you realize that some of us, the things of our past are sometimes like a broken record? It plays over and over and over again. But you've got to put another 45 on that. You remember the old 45? The stereo, there was the TV, the stereo, and the radio, and they all were together. And they had that arm. And you put that thing on top of the that 45 and it automatically dropped to the next one and then it play and and then and then if there's a scratch on it you know if your record had a scratch it just repeated itself over and over and you had to you had to fix your needle because your needle got bad and had her in it. you put a quarter on this one Y'all telling your age, y'all telling your age. And don't be at a party. Don't be at a party somewhere. And you just dancing and having a good time. And the house get to shaking. And next thing you know, chip. Chip. LeVar looking, you don't know nothing about that. Some of y'all too, y'all, you don't know. I still got 33s and 45s. And I ain't getting rid of them because you never know. Anyway, anyway. Feeling, it's about feeling good. And here's it. And feeling what? Worthy. This is a big one, y'all. Because a lot of people don't feel worthy. Do you know how many same-sex people do not feel worthy of love? Won't marry, won't date. Because it's a sin. Everybody else can love and be loved. But we can't love because they told us it wasn't right to love. I'm worthy of love. I'm worthy. Everybody should have clapped right there. I'm worthy of being loved and loving. And I have a right to love who I want to love because God gave me that right and can't nobody take it from me. All of us in here are worthy to be loved and worthy to give love. You have to understand I am worthy. In a good sense, it means having a feeling of just simply self-respect. Be proud of who you are. Being proud simply means I have self-respect for myself and I am worthy of love. I'm worthy of whatever it is. You know, you know, you, you, well, I mean, man, 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 man. I don't take that the wrong way. I'm just, 
You know, some of us get jealous of people, what they drive, where they live, what they wear, what they... But I'm worthy. If I could afford a Maserati, I'm worthy of it. White folk can drive a Maserati. Don't nobody say nothing. Black folk drives a Maserati. Ooh, that's too much. Some of y'all sitting there looking like, mm. That's because you don't feel worthy. But when you feel worthy, you understand everybody else have a right to be worthy and to do live their lives the way they feel they need to live them. And while I'm here, let me say this parenthetically while I'm dealing with this, Didi. Trans people are worthy to be who they want to be. And we have to stop hating on the trans community, Tia. There are some churches who are inclusive to a point. To a point. I don't know, but I don't, I don't know, but I think Tabernacle is the only church that has a full operating trans ministry in it that celebrates the trans ministry. And I welcome it. I welcome it because they have a right to be who they are and they're worthy of who they are. That's why Didi has that ministry. How long you and Ron been together? Her and Ron been together 29 years. You know why? Because 29 years ago, she came in touch when I'm worthy of being loved and I'm worthy of giving love. And they've been together 29 years. Something had all the clap their hand. 29 years. 29 years. They got together when it wasn't even popular, when it wasn't. That's why Didi's who she is. That's why she has a powerful message and a powerful ministry. I welcome people because it's not about shaming. It's not about being shady. It's about celebrating who you are. Genuine celebration of who you are and walking with pride. If Rosie can walk with pride and she a straight woman, and authentic in who's her skin in her skin. Come on, somebody. Then everybody all have the right. And you know why Rosie can be here and be okay? Is because she understands if she's worthy, everybody else ought to be worthy. Because she don't have no issues and uncomfortable in her skin. You know why Janelle and Taylor can worship in here? Because they understand everybody is worthy of love. Deacon Reese. Deacon Ware and Linda. They're here because they're comfortable in their skin and they understand that God has, God loves everybody and it's important that we love ourselves. That's important. No shade. No shame. Just pride. Clap your hands and praise God.
let me say this because it dropped in my spirit. Stop shaming people because of what they wear. We got some real issues. I'm talking about tabernacle now. Do you not know that how we dress is an expression of who we are? And so when we are made or shamed because we wear what we feel comfortable wearing because that's how we identify, it causes undue pain and unnecessary pain because we are made to wear things that we're not comfortable with. It comes from the same place of making a woman who is lesbian wear a skirt when she don't like skirts. Come on, somebody. But some of us are so caught up in religiosity and so institutionalized until we think people ought to dress a certain way. Why? Because you go on to church. So we strip people of their ability to identify who they are and express who they are because they have to wear certain clothing. Which is why I've just pushed so hard. Stop making people wear certain clothing. Now, I understand they got on all white because they singing together and they were told to wear I understand stuff like that. Just don't push it too far. You know what I'm saying? Because we express ourselves by who we are. And let me end with this. So the other day I was going to bed and LeVar had some, uh, uh, what was that, Honey Jack Daniels? Was that the Honey Jack Daniels? I think Mo Mo introduced us to the, did you introduce us because she I'm not being shady she I know nothing about honey Jack Daniels or honey you know I know they made honey liquor you know no I'm not being shady it's the truth I'm just being transparent and so the other night I was going to bed and I got me a couple of shots of the honey drink and it went down real smooth, you know, just the honey stuff go down. It don't go down like that stuff. Go, honey stuff. Just, so I got one shot and it went down so smooth. I got me another shot. You know. I'm just doing it. Just, you know, very just I just kind of relax myself. Just kind of, you know, kind of calm my nerves, you know. Well, as I was laying down, I kind of went into a trance. Matter of fact, the spirit came on me, you know. You know, the spirit will come on you if you fool with a little too much of that stuff. So I, I got caught up in the spirit. Thank God I was laying in the bed because it was, had I got up, it wouldn't have been good. I'd have been wobbling all over the house. So the spirit came on me and I was laying there thinking, Am I really free? I started examining my freedom, you know. I said, I really ain't free. 
I thought I was free. I, I started putting you, know, I put it in my book that I'm free. And I started thinking about that chapter on freedom. I'm like, but I really ain't free. Spirit was talking to me. But you know what? There's some truth to that. Because I still feel some institutionalizations. Wow. I still feel like I'm restricted with the institutionalization from the church. I was walking, we were going, we were in the store the other day, and uh, LeVar grabbed my hand. We were in the store, you know. I said, what you doing? You been this, you done grab my hand, us two men walking in the store. He, he told, we went talking, he said, you gonna hold my hand all the way out the door. I said, I ain't holding your hand till we get out of now. I ain't really all free. Come on, I'm being honest. There's still some issues of institutionalizedness that exists within me. And I had to drink a little bit to come to it, you know. I had to get me a shot or two. But I realized this. I am a part of this institutionalized community that still wrestles with the shame of my past. And there's residue of my past. Because if I was really free, I would have held his hand all the way out the, all the way out the store and didn't give a didn't give That's a care. Right. That's right. I didn't say it. Y'all like for me to go there, but I ain't doing it. I ain't gonna do it. Say do it for the vine. I ain't gonna do it. No, I'm just kidding. God bless you. The door of the church is open. Somebody here today is without fellowship and benefit of the body of Christ and a church. And before we leave here today, I want to give you that opportunity.